Good morning. Good morning. I got, th- I got fed uh, three times this morning already. <laughs> I ate my breakfast at home, at the breaking of bread, spiritual feeding. I love that. And then, of course, at the refreshment table. But we all get lunch. It depends how I deliver the message uh, this morning, too. So I might or may not get lunch. So. There's a Chinese saying, Good medicine that is beneficial to the illness tastes bitter to the mouth. A few days ago, there was a thought that popped into my head and won't go away. The thought is, if not now, then when? I have the tendencies to postpone, delay, and tarry when I'm dealing with my bad habits. I tend to leave things to the last minute. That's why you can smell the ink coming off the pages. As a result, I run around like a headless chicken, rushing, no pun intended, guys. I, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> rushing to get things done and often fail to complete them. It is better to be an hour early than be a few minutes late. Plan your work and work your plan. Another pitfall of mine It's not carrying out the task to full completion. I still have new mats in my garage that I bought last year to replace the old one in my car. While there were some truth in the saying, a job begun is half done. A job is not done when it's only 90% completed. Another bad habit that I'm developing has to do with the iPad, the smartphone and such devices. I found that I, a lot of time has been wasted surfing the internet or aimlessly on the internet, looking at interesting but not but unimportant things. What starts out as a quick chat for messages can easily turn into hours of addiction to these modern devices. Today is important to me because I exchange a day of my life for it. It is not that I don't know where my problem lies, but I have I has mastered the art of procrastination to the point that I can justify all my actions and inactions and need a strong dose of medicine. If not now, then when? There are many bad habits that we can develop individually. There are many pitfalls that plague the church. When we are at church, we might be present in body, but not in mind. When we are at church, we might be there physically, but not mentally. When we are at church, when we might be there by sight, but not by spirit. We might do it as a sense of duty and out of habit. We might be listening to sermons, and our minds wander to other areas. We might be singing familiar hymns and spiritual songs, and they do not speak to us. We might be praising God with our lips, but we are not worshiping Him with our hearts. It needs not to be so. We have to commit to the Lord our church services. And that's why the men gather before the services begin, to pray for both the breaking of bread and family Bible hour. 
We have to learn to tread the narrow path. We have to be able to walk the tight rope without falling off while we are keenly aware of the distractions, disturbances, and difficulty. This morning, I'm going to talk about the pitfalls while we were at church services. I'm going to speak on seven of them. Therefore, the title of my sermon is Seven Pitfalls at Church Services. I don't have too many friends to start with. So at the end of this sermon, I may lose a few more. Number one, we are listening to sermons for others. Rather than listening to a sermon and learning what the law is speaking to me, we sometimes feel this passage would be good for so-and-so. Rather than hearing a message and receiving the rebuke of the errors of my way, we occasionally believe that the point would be very relevant for you-know-who. We should focus on Christ and what He is saying to us. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2 Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He is our source of strength, he is the one who carries us when we are too weak to go on. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Number two, we are assuming what is preached at the pulpit is correct. When we don't study the scripture, we tend to take what was spoken at the pulpit as correct. We have to be on guard. We have to spend time reading God's word, not lightly and casually, but faithfully, diligently, and all the time. We have to be like the Berean Christians. Acts 17, verse 10 and 11. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scripture daily, whether those things were so. The Apostle Paul told us to learn God's word diligently. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of the truth. Number three, we are sub substituting church service for Bible reading and personal devotion. Hopefully we are being fed spiritually at the church, but it is hardly enough. Your personal devotion 
is of paramount importance. Your time with God and His truth is of utmost priority. The reason is clear. God's words are powerful. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Divine truths are profitable. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Would you only eat once a week to sustain your physical body? Then don't starve yourself spiritually by feeding on God's word once a week at the church service. Number four, we are not prepared when we come to worship God. Most of the time, we are not fully prepared for the breaking of bread service. We should be prepared by examining ourselves. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 to 29. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do so forth the death uh, the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. We should be prepared through our daily walk by keeping clean and staying undefiled. Psalm 24, verse 3 and 4, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that have clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. In the Old Testament, the priests must prepare themselves and the animal to offer sacrifices to God. In the same way, we must prepare ourselves before we come to the, his house of worship. John 4, 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh, seeketh such to worship him. Number five, we are thinking highly of ourselves. A lot of time when we are at church, we think highly of ourselves. As a minimum, we think that we are not that bad. Whether two or three are gathered in God's name, he is in our midst. How did Isaiah react in the presence of the Holy God? Isaiah 6, verse 5. Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, 
and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The Apostle Paul had the right view of himself. 1 Timothy 1.15 this, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. As a result of having the right view of himself, he can glorify God in every part of his life. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's read the story of the palsy man being healed. If you've got your Bible ready, maybe you turn to the uh, Gospel of Mark. We're going to read from chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Chapter 2, starting from verse 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum. And after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. Verse 3. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. When you read the story, do you think that you are the one of the four friends? Or do you think that you are the person with the policy? Don't think too highly of yourself. Number six, we're treating church as social gathering. Other than sickness, work, vacation, and special occasions, we should be at church on Sunday. We don't show up at church regularly because we treat it as a social gathering. It is optional. It is nice to be there, but not a must when we treat the church as a social gathering, our conversation will be casual and shallow. We will focus on the refreshment and chit-chats other than spiritual matters. Pleasing self will be of higher priority than pleasing Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, 
and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Number seven, we are pretending everything is all right when they are not. Men look at the external, but God judges by the internal. We may only see a person's action and behavior, but God perceives the intent and motivation of the heart. God hates hypocrites. A hypocrite is someone who gives a false appearance of having admirable principles, beliefs, or feelings. Synonyms for hypocrite is charlatans and fraud. The Bible has strong word for hypocrites. Matthew 23, 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cucumber, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. This ought ye to have done, and not to leave other undone. Matthew 23, verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whitest sepulchre, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. And Mark 7, 6, He answered and said unto them, Well, hath yes, Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites, as it is written, These people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Rather than like the publican, who readily admit that he is a sinner, in need of God's grace? Let's read Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, from verse 9 to 14. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. And he spake this parable unto certain, which trust in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this republic, as these publicans. Verse 12, I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eye unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. We hide our sins and wrongdoing by lying and pretending like Ananias and Sapphira. Let's read Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 10. So if you got your Bible ready, let's turn to Acts chapter 5. Starting from verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira his wife's sober possession, and cut back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part, and laid at the apostles' 
feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was so, was it not in thy own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto man, but unto God. Verse 5. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the goat. And great fear came on them, all them that heard these things. And the young man arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you, you sold this land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. And Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? <clears throat> Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and you up the ghost. And the young man came in and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. The Apostle Paul taught us how to deal with the apostates who still claim they are Christians. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. This know also that in the last day, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, trust breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despiser of those that are good. Traders, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now that we are aware of the danger areas, by God's grace, try to avoid any pitfall that affect our intimate relationship with Christ. Only by exercising prudence and discipline can we harbor the close walk with the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Remember the medicine. If not now, then when? David, can I ask you to close in prayer and then we're going to a close with not one hymn, two hymns, or we're going to close with three hymns. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay, David. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message brought to us from your servant Chris today. May we all take it to heart and avoid the pitfalls of coming to church for the wrong reasons. May we get our minds and our souls and our spirits set straight and be receptive to the message that we are here for and not treat your service with the uh, respect 
uh, help us to treat this service with the respect it deserves. We ask this all in the name of the precious Lord Jesus. Amen. Yeah, we're going to sing uh, 527, Teach Me Thy Way, O Lord, followed by 531, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, and 533, after that, I Surrender All. All in